Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. How many are glad you're here? God is good. Amen. We're just, I just want to put a disclaimer out as, as we're getting started. We've got, I know we've got some guests, one, one person in our church brought a whole row from their work. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have them tonight. We're excited to have you, and I just want to make sure you know what we're here for. So this is a church, and we are a bunch of messed up people that Jesus has changed and saved and set free, and all we're doing here is trying to be the best example that we can be for other people to come and find the same Jesus that we found. Is that right? Is that right? Is that what we're about tonight? It's not just a meeting, a social club, just a gathering together to, to, to high-five each other. We're, we're really here to try to learn how to be examples for Jesus. And if you don't know him tonight and who he is, we want you to know him tonight. That's our purpose of being here. And so we're so glad you're here. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you're back again. Maybe you're watching online, like Santo said. And wherever you're at, God wants to meet you tonight. Amen. So we've been in a series, we've been in a fast, we've been doing a lot of different things. How many are shocked that you're alive? Some of you thought, 31 days, I can't do that, I'll die. How many are, how many are thankful that you've, been made, that you've made it 24 days and you're still alive? How many can feel in the spiritual realm, in the presence of God, that God is doing something and that fasting works? Amen. Has anybody been feeling that, that this, this thing works? If you haven't been doing it, we're not telling you that to condemn you. We're telling you that because it's, there's something supernatural about fasting. Getting our bodies in check. Getting our minds in check so we can be the best version of who God wants us to be and be the best example. This Friday, we're going to end up, the fast doesn't end till, till Tuesday, but we're going to end up uh, this, this fast in a powerful Friday prayer meeting this, sun, this Friday at 7. So don't miss that. Our other churches will be coming. And uh, you don't have to be a member of the church to come. Prayers open to everybody. Amen. We've also started prayers up on Tuesday nights again. Some people were asking me about that. That's every Tuesday. This Friday is one we do every once in a while. So let's get our Bibles open to Matthew 25. And uh, we're going to f- be in the fourth part tonight of the series of stumbling block or stepping stone or stepping stone or stumbling block. And that's exactly, this series is exactly what I just said a minute ago. What we're trying to do here, for those that are visitors or guests or watching online for the first time, is is we're not better than anybody. We're just saved by God's grace. And now what we want to do as people is not be religious and not act a certain way like like on on Sundays and Wednesdays, but we want to live our lives every day of the year, every minute of the day, every hour of the day for Jesus. And we want our lives to show that Jesus is real to us. But sometimes we can start to live for God. We can start to go to church. We can start to change. And we can almost get into a place where, okay, now I know how to act like a Christian in the sense of going to church and saying the right words and looking the part. But then I can start to slowly maybe fade back to my old ways or, or get around people who are a bad influence and, and let them rub off on me because somebody's always rubbing off on somebody, right? You're either influencing somebody or you're being influenced. Our job in this world, God said, Jesus said, was to go into the world and preach the gospel. And there's a thing that's been said for years, and whenever necessary, use words. 
In other words, our lives need to portray who Jesus is, not our words. You can say a lot of things. You can say, as I said Sunday, you can say, I love you, but actions speak louder than words. How many know people tell you they love you, and then they don't act like they love you? We don't have a God like that. We have a God who said, I love you, and I'm going to the cross for you. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to, I'm going to go all the way for you. So we're just simply trying to, to be that tonight. So the whole idea of the series for people that are here for the first time so you don't get lost is this. It's very simple. When people, our goal tonight is when people look at my life, and I'm talking about you to your own self, they listen to my words, they watch how I act, they watch how I react, they watch how I live my life, are they seeing a life that is causing them to want to be more like Jesus that's in me? Is it wanting them to say, you know what, I can change like that person can change. My life can be different like that person. Or, that's a stepping stone, or am I a stumbling block where my life is living in such a way, my acts, my talk, my reaction, my words, all these things, where someone would say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. That's the, that's the two options there. And all of us tonight want to be a stepping stone. So we've been talking for three weeks about different ways that we can be a stumbling block. And we've gone over a lot of stuff, and I'm going to kind of end tonight with a few more things that can, to avoid and, and kind of head into the rest of the night tonight and then let next Wednesday to last night on how we can really focus on being a stepping stone. Amen? So when you're a stepping stone, you're a mean of progress or advancement or an assistant. When you're a stumbling block, you're an obstacle to that person. So I thought, Lord, show me today a powerful verse that can really sum up this whole series, and I'm going to read that in just a second, but I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I found this quote was pretty strong, pretty powerful, and this is a strong and powerful series. Amen. How many have realized this is an in-your-face, hit-you-between-the-eyes, Holy Spirit conviction series? So listen to this. Some of us, because this whole thing has been about learning, some of us learn from other people's mistakes. Some of us learn from other people's mistakes. And then some people have to be the other people who teach the mistakes. Right? Which one's better? Learning. But a lot of people are very good at making the mistakes and very good at being the example for somebody else. What we want to start to do as believers is stop being that person who's always making the mistakes and start being the person that's learning from other people's mistakes because that's true wisdom. The smartest thing you can do is see somebody fall into a hole or, or crash or do something wrong and then not do the same thing they just did and learn from their mistake. That, that's what God wants us to begin to think about tonight is how now we can start to take the stumbling blocks in our lives because every single one of us have them, amen? All of us have stumbling blocks. In other words, we have been a stumbling block. We have made stumbling blocks. We've allowed stumbling blocks in our lives that have kind of tripped us up and caused us to not go where God wants us to go. Now we can start to use those past mistakes as stepping stones, things that we can step on. Amen? So Matthew 25, 35, I'm going to read this real quick because it's quite a few verses, but many of you have heard it. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? 
And the king, that's Jesus, will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he shall say to those on the left hand, everybody say, I want to be on the right. Always pick the right side. Okay? He says, to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Remember, this tells us that hell was not made for us. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. I I was naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick in prison, and did not minister to you? And he will answer, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these You did not do it to me. Father, I ask you to anoint your word tonight, these scriptures that we just read. Let them be a challenge to us. Let them be conviction to us. Let them be confirmation to us, Father. Help us tonight to continue to grow and to begin to be stepping stones to people meeting Jesus and knowing who you are. And Father, we come against every spirit of darkness that wants to lie and deceive tonight and steal the word of God so that fruit can come forth and remain and we can be victorious in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So this is very clear. And by the way, I want to clear up that this, doesn't, this does not mean works. This is not the, 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 the work part. In other words, that I fed somebody and I visited them in prison and I did all these things so that I could do good works, so that I could go to heaven because of my works. This is not a works message. This is him simply saying, when you did the right thing to other people, you did the right thing to me. When you did the wrong thing to people, you did the wrong thing to me. Sometimes we think, well, it's just that person. That's just a person I messed with. You're messing with Jesus. How many can see that in this scripture? When I do the right thing and, I, and I'm a stepping stone and I'm assisting and I'm trying to be a good example, then I am, I am doing that unto Jesus. But when I'm not, I'm doing it unto Jesus. Uh, against Jesus. I'm, I'm not doing what Jesus wants me to do. We have to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So again, this is not where we're going out and feeding people and clothing people and doing all these things so that we can get into heaven. We know tonight that we don't get to heaven because of anything that we do. We do not deserve heaven. We do not deserve God's love. We do not deserve God's forgiveness. We get it by what? Grace and mercy because he loved us, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that who would ever, whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. So tonight we're reminding ourselves that the thing that I do, everything I do, I do for the Lord. And when I'm not doing it for the Lord, I'm doing it against the Lord. Jesus said, you're either with me or you're against me. Amen? You can't be on both sides. You're on one side or the other. The Bible makes it very clear that there's darkness and there's light. There's good and there's bad. There's heaven and there's hell. And it's a choice for us tonight. We have a choice. Think about this. When you make a mistake, how many have made some mistakes? How many have made lots of mistakes? When you make a mistake, it's a mistake. When you make the same mistake twice, it's a choice. Think about that. A mistake is a mistake. Everyone makes them. But when you make that same mistake again, you have made a choice not to learn from the mistake. Right? 
So that's what we're working on. We're trying to get to a place where we can start to learn how to, to, to not be stumbling blocks. Now, I'm going to finish tonight. If you got your notes from last week, um, I, I don't have them written down, so I'm going to need your help a little bit, but I'm going to remember most of them. I, I started talking about some things to, to avoid, some things that would cause us to have problems with stumbling blocks. I know one was prayerlessness. I know another one was not reading the word. Can somebody shout out the other two? Unforgiveness and unrepented sin. Thank you. Isn't it awesome to take notes? So last week I talked about if we don't repent of our sins, that's going to cause us to be stumbling blocks because we're going to keep on doing the same thing. People are going to look at us and say, they've been going to church for years and they're not, di- they're not any different than me. Why do I need to go to church? If we don't pray, we don't, ha- pray, we don't have any connection with God. If we don't read the word, we don't know what God wants us to do. And what was the other one? Uh... Unforgiveness. If we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven. We're mocking God when we say, God, I want you to forgive me for all my sins, but we won't forgive somebody else. Right? So those are all areas that that are stumbling blocks. I want to give you a few more tonight before I get into the end of where we can start being stepping stones. Number one, tonight, which would be number five. Uh, Some things to avoid. Avoid doubt and insecurity. Doubt is a faith killer. When we begin to doubt him, I've got this written down. Here's what I mean. Does God really love me? Am I really saved? Does prayer work? Those are thoughts we have. Those are things we think. Does God really love me? Well, I touched that on Sunday. Does prayer work? Yes, it works. Am I really saved? If you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins, yes. If you believe you're going to get into heaven because you're a good person, then you're wrong. Because we're not going to get in that way. So we can have doubts and insecurities. And when we're doubting and having insecurities, it's, it's when we're constantly wondering, am I right with God? Am I good with God? And listen, those are human things we're going to have. You've got to defeat that with the word. You're going to have those doubts. After all the years I've been saved, I still have the devil attack me and tell me I'm not good enough. But i got to use his word that says it's not by my works that I'm saved. It's by his grace. Number two, we got to avoid pride. Pride and self-sufficiency, where we, we don't think we need God. In other words, we've got to stay humble. If we've got a humble heart, people will see that. John 15, 5 says, without me, you can do nothing. How many have come to realize that? How many know we need to realize that tonight? Without Jesus, we can do nothing. But then on the contrary, the flip side says, in Jesus, I can do anything. So when I try to do things in my own power, I'm going to get nothing. But when I try to do things in the power of Christ, I can get anything. So I've got to avoid pride and self-sufficiency. Number three, this is a big one. Avoid distractions. Avoid getting the wrong priorities. God made it very simply. Jesus made it very simple. Someone asked me even today, what about this or that and events and sports and TV and all that? None of those things are wrong in themselves if they're not an idol to you. But are they becoming something that is keeping you from doing what God wants you to do? That's when something becomes wrong. When you could be doing something for the Lord and it's hindering you and it's an idol to you, it's a distraction to you. There's a lot of things that you can do that are, that are not sins, but they're a distraction. Remember that when you get to heaven and you stand before God, and I'm talking about as a believer, and you give account for your life, He's going to ask you or tell you all the things you could have done. One of the greatest regrets we're going to have as believers is not what we did, what we did wrong, but what we could have done. 
So that's why we have to make sure that distractions are not in our lives, that misplaced priorities are not in our lives. Matthew 6.33, I think we have this. This sums it up. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. When God is first, everything else works out. When he's my number one priority, when he's, he's the first thing I think about when I go to sleep, and wake up in the morning, and he's the first thing, I, last thing I think about before I go to sleep. That's the, that's the relationship that God wants us to have with him. When we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he says, all the things you need, I'll give you. They'll be added unto you. So those are some things that can get in the way and avoid those things. Avoid distractions. Avoid, I always say this, we, if you want to do something great for God, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to do something great for God, you got to get around people that want to do something great for God. If you want to do something mediocre for God, then get around people who want to do mediocre things for God. If you want to do nothing for God, then hang out with people who don't want to do anything for God. You're going to do what you, with what the people you hang out with, right? So if you want to see God move, get around people who are going to are going to hold you accountable, get around people who are going to challenge you, get around people who are going to make you better, who are going to make you want to do things for the Lord, and that starts with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Amen? Don't let anything else be a distraction from you spending time with Jesus. Now, this leads into number four. Very, very similar between distractions and number four. Avoid the wrong relationships. Avoid the wrong relationships. There are some, listen, this can happen as we're talking about. It shouldn't be the case, but it, can, it is. It can happen even in church. I don't want that to be the case. As the pastor of this church, I hope and pray that's not the case. But if we're not careful, and that's why we're doing this series, there can be people even in the church that you don't need to be around because they're not helping you. Shouldn't be the case. Can I say that again? That's why we're doing this series. Hopefully after this series is over, if there was that kind of situation, that has changed. But, but we have to be careful who we hang around with because those relationships, again, if we're not influencing them, they're influencing us. 1 Corinthians 15.33, watch what this says. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good habits. Bad company corrupts good habits. So we need to be the example to them about good habits. They need to see in our lives a stepping stone. I don't think anybody on this earth, except the very, very, very wicked people, and there are some very, very wicked people, don't want to do something right. Don't want to, don't want to have a relationship with God. Don't want to prosper in their life. Everybody wants to do better. Even if they don't know God yet, there's a desire in us to do better. Once we find Jesus and we find a relationship with the Lord, now I want to I do better. I want to be the best of everything I can be. I'm not, don't raise your hand accidentally, but does anybody wanna, in here want to be the most mediocre father or mother you could be? The most uh, horrible dad or mother you could be? No, you want to be the best, I hope. The best father, the best mother, the best pastor, the best leader, the best disciple, the best coworker, the best child, the best everything, the best brother, the best sister, the best disciple. Let's be in competition tonight to see who can be the best disciple of Jesus Christ, who can win the most people to the Lord, who can get the most people to church. Amen? 
who can tell the most people about Jesus, who can influence the most people for the Lord. That's the kind of competition that we need, not the toxic things. That's why when we get saved, many of you in here today have stopped hanging out with doesn't mean you don't talk to them. doesn't mean you don't see them. We're still in this world. You've stopped hanging out with those people you used to hang out with because you don't have anything in common anymore. And now you say, you say to them, hey, come to church with me or come over to this small group or come to this outreach or come to this thing that, that I'm doing now. You don't go the places you used to go or do the things you used to do because now you're wanting to be a stepping stone. Number, number five tonight, and you're doing this right now, but you got to keep doing it, is stay in fellowship. In other words, avoid missing church. Avoid the excuses. I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm this. I'm that. I can tell tonight many of you say, I'm getting to church. I've got to go. I've got to be there. I need to hear from God tonight, and that's why you're here. So kudos to you. Pat on the back to you, but keep it up. Don't ever get to the place, because listen, it was mentioned at prayer, many people today that were sitting in a chair just like you are not here today. And they've gone back to their old ways. They've gone back to their old sins. They've gone back to their own vomit. They've gone back to their own lifestyle. And let me, let me tell you something. You don't want to do that because it's worse than you could ever imagine. The Bible says once you've tasted the goodness of God, once you've tasted the goodness of God and go back to your old ways, the Bible says the demons come seven times stronger. So you got to make a decision tonight. I am not going back to my old ways. I am not going back to who I used to be. Amen? And let me tell you something. We know, we know testimonies in here. If we were all our old selves, that we, there would be a brawl in here tonight. Right? <laughs> it would not be good. A lot, of you, a lot of you used to run the streets together. I know. Y'all knew each other from the streets. So, and, and we're being sanctified tonight. Can you say amen? amen? But not everybody's totally sanctified yet. Right? Sanctification is a process. And that flesh can come out fast. We've got some people who haven't been saved very long. So don't, don't mess with people. Don't mess with the wrong people. Amen? But the way we stay right is we stay in fellowship. We say, i got to be at church Wednesday. You know what? I might have had plans on Friday, but that prayer meeting sounds like something I need to be at. There's a breakaway service to help with addictions. When is that? There's a Spanish service. I don't even speak Spanish, but I need to be there too. Amen. Amen. There's a small group some, during the week. I mean, we've got people in this church that are radical for Jesus. They're in church every single day. They're, if they're not here, they're in an event. You know why? Because that's how they were in the world. They, they were at every party. They were at every event. They were at every, every, everything that was wrong, they were there. You were there. Now you flip that and you say the same thing with church. People will call you all kinds of things. But one thing you're going to realize is serving God is fun. When you came, maybe you're here tonight and you've never been in a church before, and you're thinking, why are these people so excited? Why did they clap? Why did they shout? Why did they sing? Because we think about who we used to be and where we should be right now, but we're not by the grace of God. And it just makes us happy. Last one of things to avoid. This is going to sound kind of weird. Avoid not totally surrendering. 
In other words, totally surrender. But when you're not totally surrendered, you can go to where you're only sort of surrendering or sometimes surrendering. Avoid the trap of complacency. Avoid the trap of 80% or 90%. I'm doing 90%. Go 100 and never be satisfied with anything less. You, if you're new in this place and you've been saved for six months or a year or a couple years, you've got people in this church, starting with me and many others, that have been saved a long time, and we can tell you you can make it. We're not in this for a, a, a sprint. We're not in this for, for just a little while. We're in this to, to make it to heaven. Amen? There's people in here that, myself, 30 years, some people 35, some people 40, some people 50 years, doing the same thing all the time, and church has never been an option. Going to church, we set our schedules, we set our lives. You might, you think, you might think it's a cult. You know what? It's not a cult. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's just transferring your loyalties from what you used to in the world. Now the people in this church that are making it and overcoming, we have a conference every year, and as soon as the conference ends, they start planning for the next one. They make conference their vacation time because they say, we need to get our kids there. We need to get our teenagers there. We got a youth camp coming up we're going to send kids to. We got all these things going on because when I stay in fellowship, it, it keeps me surrendered to God. Totally surrendered. What is what is Luke nine twenty three says? Watch this. Jesus said, "If anyone desires to come after me, in other words, to follow me, let him deny himself." That's total surrender. You know, you know what fasting does? It helps us get in the right mode for total surrender. I want to eat food, but I'm not going to. I want to look at social media, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do, drink this Coke, but I'm not going to. Whatever it is that you're fasting, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm telling my mind and my body that Jesus is the Lord of my life, and I am totally surrendered to him. Amen? Amen? And when you're doing that, how many know when you're totally surrendered to something, you can't be surrendered to something else? Realize God is a God that doesn't like the middle ground. He says, I'd rather, he says, I'd rather you be all in or all out. He says hot or cold, but I'm just putting my terms on it. Get all in or get all out. Amen? Because he deserves it. So those things said tonight, I want to now begin to finish tonight with helping you think of some stepping stones. But I want you to write this down. Don't carry your mistakes around with you. Listen to this. Don't carry your mistake. How many know we made a mistake? It, it, we feel bad about it. It's something we've done. This, there's some mistakes that are, that are different than other ones. They stay with you. And a lot of you tonight are carrying it around. Instead of carrying it around, you need to put it on the ground and step on it. Instead of carrying it, the burden, you need to say, Jesus died for this. Jesus forgave this. This is under the blood. Now I'm going to put it on the ground. You know they would do that in the Old Testament? They would make a memorial with stones to remember. This is, this is, this is, this is buried. And once you put that down, now that may come back around. Your, your path may take you around again to that stone. But now where we're going in this series is now that's not going to trip me up anymore. Now it's going to be something I step on to get over. Are you following me? You can literally turn the stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Because those mistakes are 
are forgiven by God, but they're always going to be here. For example, just a generic example, we, we have people in this church that have done things. They've gone to prison. They've gone to jail. They've got records. They've got those things. Pastor Marshall is the greatest example of that. Pastor Marshall has been preaching for almost, I think, 40 years, close to 35 years. And he did a lot of stuff when he, before he got saved. He still to this day, at 60 years old, is dealing with that. That's, he has, he, but he's turning those. You remember when he was here back in, I think, June, He's, he's doing all the work to get all that stuff lifted so that he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. But the truth is, those, those stones are there. He can, he can let them be a stumbling block to him, or he can do what he's chose to do and use it as a stepping stone. Are you all following me? It's going to be there. But you choose now to, to trip over it again or to step on it. And when you step on it, what does Joshua tell us? Everywhere we step is God's ground. Amen? The Bible tells us we can trample on serpents and scorpions. There's something about putting it under your feet. If you're walking on a path, there's, there's a, there was a brother and sister walking on a path. And if you've ever been on a path like this, there's a lot of rocks, a lot of stones. And the, and the, the daughter, their sister says to the brother, it's hard to walk on this. There's a bunch of stones on the ground. And, and, and I keep tripping over them. And the brother says to the sister, stop tripping over them and start stepping on them. Use the, use the rocks in the ground as stepping stones. Something to step over instead of it tripping you up. Are you all with me? Can I move on from that? Okay. So that's what we need to think about. Now, I, I begin to think tonight about just a few examples, because there's hundreds, of some people in the Bible who made mistakes. And their mistakes are, how many are thankful tonight that your names aren't in the Bible? Good or bad? Because they before the good came, short of a few people that I can think of, and Enoch's one of them, their bad's there too. Like, thank the Lord, most of them ended right, and that's our plan and our desire. But some of them, man, made some, made some mistakes, and they're in there in the books. You think about Jacob, and we know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Did you know before Jacob became who he was in God, he was a deceiver? He was a deceiver. He was somebody who would manipulate people for things, and he, that's what his name was, actually. And then he was changed to Isaac. So tonight, maybe you are that selfish deceiver that, like Jacob was, but then he goes on to become somebody who began to learn how to trust the Lord and didn't manipulate anymore. So Jacob learned from his mistakes and he became one of our patriarchs. He became one of the most powerful men in the Bible because he learned from his mistakes. Number two, Joseph. How many love the story of Joseph? Joseph, we know the end result. He's standing there with all his brothers bowing down before him, just as he said. But the problem was he started off making mistakes and bragging about what God was. He didn't stay humble. He said, you're all going to bow before me. And then all of a sudden he finds himself in a pit. And then a prison. And then a prison again, and all kinds of problems and struggles, because he was a bragger. He wanted to lift himself up in front of his brothers instead of being humble. But he went on to be, listen, an amazing example of patience, an amazing example of wisdom, and the biggest one, an example of forgiveness. His brothers, can you imagine your brothers or sisters wanting to kill you, plotting to kill you, selling you to kill you? Some of you are like, yeah. I can. I saw some of you. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, I really can. 
okay, we're in good company. Amen. And they did. Y'all, not just imagine it, they did. They sold him. So he, he, he has this horrible start. We know how he ends. Moses. Moses. So many, so many amazing things that Moses did. But most people forget the first thing Moses ever did was kill somebody. He killed an Egyptian. And so you think about these men and women in the Bible who made horrible mistakes. Some of us have never killed somebody. Some of us have never done some of these horrible things that these people in the Bible have done. But the idea is they turned their stumbling blocks into stepping stones. They began to say, this is not going to define who I am. Because church, the, the bottom line is, we're, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. That's why we're here tonight, because we need a Savior. And we need the world to know that they need a Savior and that there is a Savior, that there's forgiveness of sins. So he, he tries to achieve justice by killing an Egyptian, and then he goes on to lead God's people with freedom and peace and patience. John, the disciple. If you all remember this, this is one of the craziest things in the Bible. He's walking with his brother, and he says, Who's going to be the greatest? Jesus, who's going to be the greatest? And they must have talked about it so much that he got his own mom to ask Jesus, who's going to be the greatest, this son or that son? So he was very prideful, made a lot of mistakes, but then he goes on to be the one who writes the book of Revelation. Amen. He sees God's full kingdom. He's the only one who doesn't die a martyr's death. What a change. Mary Magdalene, I'm the musician, you can begin to come. Mary Magdalene. Ladies, was once possessed by seven demons and was a prostitute. She probably hid from as many people as she could. She probably ran and had shame. Jesus said, I want you to come and follow me. I want you to help. And, and, and she made so many mistakes. She came from the lowest of the lowest. But guess what? Mary Magdalene, after being healed and set free from demons, followed Jesus for the rest of her life and was the first person to see him risen from the dead. Amen? What a change. That's the, that's the gospel message is that God can change somebody. And you know what? I might have been to a stumbling block before, but tonight I'm going to start being a stepping stone. That's the amazing thing about God. And finally, the last one of many examples is Paul. You know, Paul the apostle, who, became, who was Saul, killed Christians. That's what he did. He killed Christians, arrested Christians, and, and his zeal was, sometimes you can, this, Paul's a great example, you can think you're doing the right thing and be on the wrong team. Many people today, because they don't know the truth of the Bible, are on the wrong team. And they're zealous. We talk about people like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses who go door to door and, and, and have a different book than we do, but they, out, they outwitness us. And they don't, have the, they don't have the truth of just the Bible. We have so much to, have, to, to offer tonight, but other people have more zeal, more, more, more passion than us. Saul was that way. And then God gave him a, a revelation of who Jesus was, and he turned his passion to the right thing, and he began to be used. He ends up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. So how many tonight can believe that God is able to take your stumbling blocks, turn them into stepping stones? How many are ready to start becoming stepping stones? How many are start ready to start walking on those past failures and past mistakes and using them as stepping stones?
Amen? When they try to rise up a little bit, push them back down. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let that to happen. I was reading this morning and sent a devotional to some of the guys about the, 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 the um, vultures. When Abraham made a, a sacrifice to God, the vultures came. And they tried to eat his sacrifice. we got to shoo the vultures away. Vultures are going to come when they see blood. The enemy's going to come. When you're doing something right, the enemy's going to come. But you got to be in the right place to say, no, devil. No, that's who I used to be. I'm not that person anymore. That's, that's, the, B, that's the BC person. I'm a new creation. And like I said earlier, thank the Lord, the crime rate's gone down in Denton since this church opened. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord that we're saved tonight. Because if we weren't, we'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. I'd be in trouble. But God steps in and says, I'm the king of making mistakes right. Read your Bible. Read. I, had, I had somebody share something with me with this week, and it was, a, if I said his name, you know who it is, doesn't matter, but big time uh, financial mogul, very known, wealthy man who does all kinds of seminars, was doing a little podcast, and someone sent me a clip. And he was, he was talking about Jesus, and he says, he says, Jesus wasn't a Christian. I'm like, hmm. People say dumb things. A Christian is a follower of Jesus. You can't follow yourself. So he started off the conversation wrong with the first place. Then he went on to say, I read the whole Bible, and I see two different gods. I see the God of the Old Testament who's angry and jealous and frustrated and mad. And then in the New Testament, he changed. How many know God didn't change? God doesn't change. All those things in the Old Testament that happened and the character that God had in the Old Testament was to show how amazing the grace of Jesus Christ was. Amen? Nothing in the Bible that we're reading is irrelevant. It's all relevant. But from Genesis to Revelation, the story is simple. Jesus came to die for sinners. Jesus came to to make mistakes right. Jesus came to fix problems. Jesus came to heal hearts. And that Jesus that I'm telling you about tonight is in this place right now. He's here. He's alive. He's risen, he's powerful, and he can change you tonight. He can change you for the very first time, or he can change you for the 50th time. But I challenge you tonight to stop making those same mistakes and start learning from them and start saying, that's who I used to be, but I've learned from that mistake. And not only did I learn from that mistake, I have used that mistake over and over and over again to not do it again. I have remembered that mistake. That mis- every time that mistake comes up and the devil tries to, because remember the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He does nothing but accuse. He does nothing but lie. Tonight as we close, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of God, the Redeemer, the Forgiver, the Restorer, the Healer? Or are you listening to the voice of the liar and the accuser and the one who's bound to hell? There's only two voices. I'm hearing voices. Yes, you're hearing voices right now. There's voices speaking to your spirit right now. There's a battle right now over your soul. Satan wants to take you to hell with him. 
Satan wants you to spend eternity where he's going to spend it. And Jesus says, you don't have to go there. I've come. He says, Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I come, Jesus said, to give life and life more abundantly. Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. And when you choose Jesus, you become not only a child of God, but listen to this, you become a stepping stone for the king, an aide, an assistant. Would you bow your heads tonight? Father, we thank you for your spirit and your presence and your love and your power and your conviction and your word tonight. You are here right now, Holy Spirit. You're in this place, touching people's hearts, knocking on the door of people's hearts. Lord, tonight your word says all we have to do is confess. I'm a sinner. If I will confess my sins, 1 John says, you are faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins. All my sins. Listen, one of you that's listening right now still to the accuser that says, they don't know what you've done. They don't know the mistakes you've made. They don't know how bad you've been. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil, the accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. He's been doing it for thousands of years. He's good. Don't listen to him. Jesus says, if you'll confess, if you'll fess up, if you'll repent, if you'll say, I'm sorry, if you'll ask me to forgive you, I'm faithful, Jesus says, and just to forgive you of all your sins. All your sins. Every single one of them. And then he says, I'm not going to leave you like that. And cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. That's the love of God. That Romans says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Tonight he's not asking you to get your life right and get it together and be perfect and be ready. He's asking you to surrender to who Jesus is. If anyone would come after me and follow me, let him deny himself. In other words, Jesus, I need you. How many all over this place tonight? This is the most important reason we come to church. This is the reason the doors are open and the lights are on is that someone would come to Jesus tonight. Someone would find forgiveness tonight. Someone would be restored tonight and redeemed and forgiven and changed so that they can go out and reach others and tell others what Jesus has done for them. How many could say, Pastor, tonight I, I don't know you. You don't know me. You don't know my life. But I, I, I hear your voice and you're, and you're speaking to me by the Holy Spirit. And I know tonight I need to be saved. How many would just say, by lifting up your hand, would you pray for me tonight all over this place? Just lift up your hand and say, pray for me. I see your hand. How many more? I need Jesus tonight. I want to be born again. I want to be a new believer, a new creation. I want to be forgiven. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter mistakes you've made. Jesus is a healer. He's a redeemer. He's a forgiver. Maybe you're here tonight and Maybe you were raised in church. You've been to church a lot in your life. You know the gospel. You nodded your head to things I said all night, but right now your heart is not where it needs to be. You have, you have gone down a different path. You've began to slowly go back to your old ways and do the things you used to do and think the way you used to think. And tonight Jesus is saying, come home, wayward child. 
Mama's been praying for you. Grandma's been praying for you. Family members have been praying for you. Tonight, come home. How many could say, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus tonight? Just put your hand up. Put it back down. I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. How many more? You know, when we rededicate our lives, the Bible says that he would leave the 99 and go after that one. You're the one tonight. You're the one he would go after. He doesn't want you to forget what he's done for you. You've allowed some things to come into your life to change you and cause you to go back to your old ways, but it's just, you might have been 50 steps away, but it's just one step back. As we stand all over this place tonight, please stay in the reverence of the Holy Spirit as God is dealing with hearts. All I'm asking you tonight is have you put your faith in Jesus. Not in a church or a religion or a denomination, but in Jesus. Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Have you believed in your heart that he rose from the dead? That's what the Bible says is salvation. Believing that Jesus died for our sins. If you raise your hand for salvation or rededication tonight, we're going to do one more thing before we open up these altars and just pray tonight and finish up the service and allow the message to get in us cause us to want to be stepping stones. But tonight, we want to make sure everybody knows Jesus. Maybe someone's watching right now on the live stream, and God's talking to you right now. We want you to know that Jesus loves you. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. Maybe it's six months from now. Maybe it's a year from now. Jesus is touching your heart right now. You can change. You can't go back and fix the past. It's scrambled eggs. But you can make it right. You can fix it. God can give you a new beginning and a new hope. Amen. He knows the thoughts he thinks toward you. So very quickly, if you raised your hand for either one of those things and you meant it, you're serious, you would like to pray with me, just find that nearest aisle and quickly just step out and come down. I want to pray with you. (laughs) Hands went up. Just come. Amen. Someone will come stand behind you tonight. How many more? I saw several hands go up. Let's just make a decision tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you've never made a public confession of your faith. Come on, they're still coming. You want to make a public confession of your faith? I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus can change me. I believe Jesus can make me a new person. Take me from a stumbling block to a stepping stone. Oh, Holy Spirit, right now, before we pray, Holy Spirit, begin to touch these hearts, begin to touch these men and women, begin to let them understand that the decision they're making is real, that God, you're a real God, and a loving God, a forgiving God. There's nothing that, you, that they've done that you don't know about, nothing they can hide from you tonight, God. That's why we come to you and we admit our, our, our life is a mess and we need help. We admit that we've gone off the wrong path. We admit we can't make it on our own. We die to ourselves tonight. Holy Spirit, speak to them tonight. So when they say this prayer, it is the beginning of a new life. And devil, I bind you right now. You cannot lie to these people anymore, deceive them anymore, or cause them to think that they can't change or think that they can't be forgiven. 
You're the liar and the accuser, and you're bound by the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. The blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. You have no power over these people's minds tonight. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I admit that I've made mistakes. I fall short of your glory. I'm not worthy of salvation. But you are an awesome God. A God that forgives. You came down from heaven. Lived a perfect life. Died a perfect death on the cross for my sins so that I could be forgiven. You shed your blood as a sacrifice once and for all. I believe that. And then I believe that you gave up the ghost. You gave up your life. You surrendered and you said it is finished. And then you went into a grave to defeat death. And three days later, you came out of the grave so I can have eternal life. I believe that, I receive that, and I accept that. Please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.